0: The liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. Since our readings from the fifth Sunday at Easter, some dramatic events have taken place in Jerusalem. According to chapters 7 and 8 of Acts, a severe persecution of type of purge of at least the Hellenist Christians of the church in Jerusalem was well underway. Stephen, one of the seven servants selected to minister charity to the widows, was stoned to death for preaching the truth of Christ Jesus. Saul was on a rampage, trying to destroy the church entering house after house and dragging out men and women whom he handed over for imprisonment perhaps the hebrew christians were safe from this persecution and that is why the apostles stayed there but for all other christians there was an exodus out of jerusalem and into the countryside of judea and samaria we do not know why Philip also traveled to Samaria. It could have been to continue the work of his ordination to minister charity to the Hellenist Christian widows, or he may have been fleeing the persecution himself. Today's first reading from Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 and 14 through 17 inform us that while Philip was in the city of Samaria, He proclaimed a Christ to them, which makes this event the first time in Acts that the good news was preached to people who were not Jews. Samaria was not short of miracles done in the name of Jesus. Not long ago, Luke accounts for 10 lepers being healed there. It is interesting that A people who the Jews considered to be heretics and are now having to deal with the exodus of the Jewish Christians fleeing into the city were so open to Philip's preaching and teaching and healings, which included exorcisms and paralytics and cripples being cured. Verses 14 through 17 then inform us now. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for it had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, when they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the first evidence we have of the sacraments of baptism and confirmation being conferred on two different occasions, a baptism celebrated by Philip, a type of deacon, and the sacraments of confirmation being celebrated by the apostles. Today's second reading from 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 15 through 18 is a exhortation of encouragement to the church being persecuted for doing good. It begins before today's reading in verses 13 and 14 saying, "Now, who is going to harm you if you are enthusiastic for doing what is good?" But even if you should suffer because of righteousness, blessed all you do not be afraid or terrified with fear of them." Here, the Apostle Peter puts a new dressing on Isaiah 8, verses 12-13, Ode to the Suffering, writing. Do not call conspiracy what this people calls conspiracy, nor fear what they call fear, nor feel dread, but conspire with the Lord of hosts. He shall be your fear. He shall be your dread. Peter is also drawing from Jesus' sermon on the mount concerning his message to the persecuted. Blessed are you who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. To which Peter rephrases in writing, Those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that be the will of God, than for doing evil. Our Catholic Church has experienced different types of persecutions at different times. But the constant is that we are a persecuted people because they persecuted our Lord first. Yet the Christian paradox is that while we all are a persecuted people, we are not victims. For the victim of our sins was given a death penalty in the flesh, but then rose from it in the spirit. And now through him, we too have victory over any persecution that his enemies, Wishes to take out on us. If we consider today's Gospel reading from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, in context of the first and second readings, we must strongly surmise that when Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments that Keeping the commandments would therefore lead us to being persecuted. That loving Jesus means that we will be persecuted for loving Jesus. I think that is true. I think the harder you love on God, the more you give testimony to your love of him. And the more you testify your love of God in word and deed, the more the world will reject you. But the good news is that while loving God leads to us being persecuted for his sake, that he does not allow us to be alone in that suffering. Inasmuch as he cannot physically be here with us, the third person of the Holy Trinity, whom he has a co-mission with, will remain with us. This is what our Lord promises, saying, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot accept because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Indeed, he does come to us at every Catholic Mass as the Holy Eucharist. Again, beautiful sounding words, but in context of today's readings, what does that adoption into the Holy Trinity look, smell, Taste, sound, and feel like. It sounds like Stephen the Martyr saying, You stiff necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always oppose the Holy Spirit. You are just like your ancestors. If that is what the Holy Spirit gave Stephen to say, then We have to reimagine what 1 Peter 3.16 exhortation means when it tells us to be ready to give an explanation of our faith, but do it in gentleness and reverence because Stephen's words were not gentle. What does it taste like? Stones hitting your face and mouth? It feels like blood dripping from your skull it looks and smells like the fear of people fleeing their homes to find safety in places we were told never to go like samaria to be sure there is a pedagogical and works of charity side of the holy spirit where he uses us to edify and to Proclaim with words and times and places of peace but not only did the world kill Christ Jesus because it did not understand him but because we love him Christ has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who he says that the world cannot accept either therefore all to check as temples of the Holy Spirit is persecution. There is no way around it. In this life, our only help is from God who just happens to come to us at every divine symphony. Certainly, it would have been enough to share with us the same spirit that dwells with him, but Just as good and natural human love reaches to the far limits of its natural capacity to make known its love, so much more does the author of love reach into a divine and fathomless capacity to share with us the fullness of himself, to make known to us always that in our life he has a deep and abiding interest in love. More than that, the reception of the Holy Eucharist by the baptized in whom the Holy Spirit dwells is a sign and a grace that we are called and empowered to partake and participate in their joint mission to bring all of God's children to the fullness and knowledge of truth. This is why he says, on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. On that day is every Catholic Mass. This is just one way how the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.